Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. Welcome back to Yo MLP Clops. I'm Big Head Full. Uh, and I'm Stephen Marshall. Phillies and Gentle Colts, we have an amazing show for you this week. Fire up hey, your party cannons no no because more. this show, these spoilers are coming in faster than a Wonderbolts performance. Am I right, Stephen? How, how long am I expected to continue to <laughs> take this seriously? So, um, spoilers are coming in, Fate Reforged, and um, I, we've got some uh, some standard events that just happened over the weekend that I haven't paid any attention to. I've been focusing on spoilers, and that's about it, so uh, tell me a little bit. So, like, first of all, um, GP Denver mm-hmm. happened over the weekend. Uh, who won? It was Andrew Brown okay. playing blue-black control. He was only blue black control deck in the top eight. The rest were uh, there's a red green monsters deck, uh, just, you know, a Mardu kind of aggro deck with uh-huh. two main deck Timorets, which I really like, uh, and Burger four main deck. King. Yeah, love it. With and four main deck Hushwing Griffs. So. Nice. Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like everyone like this week, the sucker deck, not the sucker deck, but I guess the deck that everyone had their sights aimed at was the Sadisi whip decks. Mm-hmm. So everyone was just coming with, with all the hate. Okay. So, I mean like Hushing Griff just like just murders that deck hmm. just cause it shuts off. Obviously, you know, the first part of Sadisi, um, the Seder wayfinders, the Hornet Queens, the Doomwig giants, just all that good stuff. Yeah. And then the, the, the most played deck, the deck that was everywhere, the deck that I believe there was 30 copies of it in day two for GP Denver was Abzan Agra, which gets to run and offends as main deck. So wow, yeah. uh, the, the hate was alive and real for uh, for the, the whip decks, which did not put up a top eight. Hmm. Uh, instead, uh, there was, let's see, one Abzan Agro, Abzan Midrange, a, I think, yeah, so three total Abzan Agro decks. Uh, the top eight was like pretty stacked, actually. So it was Valentin yeah, and Mackle. Yeah, looking at this, yeah. Yeah, Matt Sperling. Sam Party, uh, Paul Cheon, William Huey Jensen, and um, uh, that's pretty much all the main, the known names or the names that I recognized. And also the uh, there's one deck that I've been playing actually, and it's the the red white tokens deck that Sam Party uh, Party played, and it's something that I think um, Mike Flores has been talking about recently, and Greg Wesco wrote a <laughs> no, Craig Wesco wrote a primer on for TCG Player a little while back. Yeah. Um, and it's just got a really good matchup versus uh, Jeskai Tokens, which is actually nowhere to be seen because everyone's ready for it now. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, it's not. it doesn't have the best matchup against Sidisi Whip, but that's okay because everyone else is coming 
prepared to beat that deck, so you just get to beat up on the decks that come to beat that deck, like Absent Aggro. So, you know, you play you play an, a 2-1, and that's not a good matchup versus a uh, Raise the Alarm at all. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it just got to beat up on the Abzan uh, Aggro decks, and also the Abzan Midrange decks as well. It's it's really similar to the deck that uh, Brad Nelson played at the I guess the first Pro Tour that Cons is legal in, and it's just yeah it's it's basically it's just red white tokens. It's pretty standard. It, it's got three Brimaz. That was kind of like the new the the new tech there, uh, in a response to all the Jeskai tokens decks running around because Brimaz just matches up really well to like a Hordling outburst. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I really like about it is it gets to play a ton of burn. So you get to play four Stoke the Flames, four Lightning Strike, and a couple Magma Jets. So it's it's almost a burn deck practically. Yeah. But I don't know how you beat control. I guess it's just hope they don't draw all their bile blights and all their sweepers. Because right, it's right. not even running like if I get you could so the thing is I like about it is that like you could adjust this to be better against control. You could play you could put in like a couple perforoses in the sideboard or something like that. And actually the deck that uh the so that's one deck I've been testing in standard. And see I'm I'm actually back in standard. I'm I'm excited again. There's a deck that not enough people yet are playing before, <laughs> so I still, <laughs> I still enjoy it, and it still has a favorable matchup right. uh, versus uh, the majority of the field. Um, so I, if I were to play in a tournament this week, it'd probably be the red-white tokens deck, but I've also been testing this Naya tokens deck. Okay, yeah. Where you add green, basically, for Elvish Mystic, Sylvan Carry added, Courser, and since it's Naya, you get to play with eight fetch lands, which is just amazing with Courser. Hmm, yeah. And you know, you can play you can play Chandra, which is also amazing with Courser, and you can ramp into Dictate of Heliod, which is just awesome. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that and uh playing four oh my goodness. I can't think of the guys. Uh Wingmate Rocks. Yeah. That's just it's 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 really good. Um it sounds really good. The problem is you don't you, to to play that to basically add the green you cut all the burn and add mana and mana creatures and courser of crufix which is yeah. not the best. That doesn't <laughs> feel like the best, no. Because you know what happens if they just drop like a rabble master and yeah. all you have is out is like a mana guy, then you're just you're, you you have to race them, and that's really hard to do because a rabble master can get out get out of control in like just a couple turns so it's kind of key to have yeah i think the, i think that the uh, the secret's out on the rabble master yeah no, yeah <laughs> that's my new tech don't tell anyone but i think this card's really underrated yeah totally um oh. you know i have not been playing standard uh in like a month or something i've made a couple adjustments over the last couple months in terms of what i've been playing and i haven't liked them so my brain wants me to go in the entire opposite direction and go back to stuff I'm just familiar with. So like I'm looking at uh, you know mono green devotion as a possible choice, or there's this deck uh, that I saw posted recently. It's been popping up on uh, on uh, online, and it's uh, mono black devotion. And, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to me um, because. You know, I mean, I played Mono Black most of last year and loved it. Um, and I'll just run this list down real quick just to kind of give you an idea of where, where this deck is at. So uh, 24 lands, uh, 22 swamps, one Nykthos, and one very poorly placed Urborg. Don't know why that's in there. Uh, somebody made a really great point about that. They're like, why do you have that in there to turn your Nykthos into a swamp? 
uh, when that's the only land you can turn into a swamp, and you're only going to save people from uh, pain from their own lands. Yeah. I was like, that is like the worst choice. So so no Nykthos, or no Urborg in the deck if I were to play it. Um, maybe a second Nykthos, maybe a 23rd Swamp. Um, I, I guess it's just... An no. abundance of conservatism. If you op- if you have an opening hand with one Nykthos and one Urborg, you can cast your Bile Blights. Yeah, no, no. You just get you just draw it, man. That's all you got to do. You just draw it. Um, <laughs> so uh, this deck is four Squelching Leeches, four Herald of Torment, four Gray Merchant. Oh man, Gray Merchant. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, two Erebos, God of the Dead, one Doomwake Giant, one Abhorrent Overlord. <laughs> Uh, four Thought Seas, four Heroes Downfall, four Sign and Blood, three Bile Blight, three Whip of Erebos, one Read the Bones, and one Liliana Vess. Uh, that seems pretty amazing. I don't know why you're playing three Whips, though. I don't see where you're getting a ton of value out of that. Uh, you get back your Gray Merchants. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I think it's just that you don't want them to get rid of your Whip. I think it's the same thing with the like, why, why any of the whip decks run three whips. Hmm. Because Grey Merchant's a game winner, you know? Like, you drop a Siege Rhino, that's okay. You know, out, if you whip you whip out a Siege Rhino, that's pretty good. You whip, yeah. out, a, you whip out a Grey Merchant, sometimes you don't have to get to your combat phase. You know? No, that's true. And, uh, and like, Squelching Leeches, too. I mean, that's huge. Uh, or, or Herald of Torment. I don't know. I think there's a lot of uh, good reason Or, or Horn Overlord. Even though there's only one, I mean, you whip that out, you get all those tokens that stick around, just like Hornet Queen. It, wait, how are you whipping that? Like, where are you discarding cards, though? It dies or something. That's all. I mean, if, if it dies, you get I it guess back. you get Thought Seize yourself? No, you just... It, it, when, when cards die, they go to the graveyard. Do you know the, the graveyard? So you, you have a card where this... Seven drop game winner died, and then you whip it back, and then you win the game. Yeah, well, I mean, th- I mean, you got to untap with it. It doesn't have haste. You have to untap with the freaking thing. So you, they're not going to let you untap with it, or you're going to win. And then if they don't let you untap with it, you have the whip, and it makes it inevitable. It makes sense, though. There's only it's only a one of in the deck anyway. The whip is more for Gray Merchant. I'm just I'm just saying a couple things that whip is good for. I like the idea. I would just change a few things about the deck. That's all. Yeah. But may, I, maybe I'd have to play with it first. Yeah. That, 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 that's one of my weaknesses is I start changing things before actually <laughs> trying it out. Right, right, right. Well, Feast of Dreams. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not 100% on the sideboard there, but – and then and this is – yeah, yeah, this one's a little loose, I got to say. But this is an interesting concept. I, I like the concept. I like where they're going with it. So. Concept's great. Concept's solid. Yeah. Implementation of this particular build leaves some things to be desired. Sure. Maybe some main deck brain maggots. Maybe. I mean, I always loved the card. I'd have one main deck Silence of Believers too. There was okay, so there's a version of this deck that actually won states like the first week that cons was legal. Oh, really? Yeah, and I I've been meaning to try it, and I just huh. have not ever gotten around to it. So that'll be my homework assignment sometime this week. Not sleeve it up, virtually sleeve it up on Moto. Play four or five matches, see how see how it feels. Right. Because I, I I do like I, I I like where Bio Blight main decks. I like where that's at right now in the metagame. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff to kill with that right now. 
Yes, indeed. Especially if the red-white tokens or any token strategy picks back up. Yeah. Why are we talking about standard? Why are we talking about this? I want to talk about spoilers. It's going to be relevant for another week or two. Come on. Wow. Yeah, whatever. Oh, man. Oh, man. Our event at, uh, at, at CGG is the first week of, uh, of uh, Fate Reforged Standard, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I think I should just play this Mono Black Devotion deck. Ha! <laughs> like, the format changes. Everyone tries something cute, and I just do consistent things. That's why Mono Black Devotion did so good last year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that deck was just stupid, though. Yeah, it was way better last year. But still, I think it would be... I don't know. I, I want consistency so bad. That was the I'll thing play. I hated playing, that Abzan Reanimator deck. was like all <laughs> my lands came into play tapped. And it was just, oh, it was brutal. I couldn't handle it. I'm so, I hate, I hate playing three colors. I've, I've tr- I tried it for like a whole week this year and I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just soul sucking trying to play more than two colors. Well, there, there was a deck that might be for you that uh, Matthias Hunt was playing at GP Denver. What's that? Chromanticore. Chromanticore. That sounds good. Problem with that. I haven't looked at the deck list, but I'm obviously going to try it. I think I'll play Green Black Chromanticore Reanimator. Uh, oh, Soul Flare? Soul Flare. Ugh. Get gonna, out of here. Make it happen. Stop it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to whoop on you with it. You're going to be so mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be so mad. I'm going to whoop on you with that card. But, um. <laughs> the spoilers <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so we've got some sieges um and uh we've ranked them so uh yeah it's a cycle i like to rank cycles word i like to make pointless predictions that, have, that are of no consequence <laughs> we do well, this at work all the time really we have a giant whiteboard and it's supposed to be for like ideas and stuff like that yeah but like half of it is just like stupid bets that me and my the other guy I share the office with have, <laughs> and like the stakes and like you know like like it was like one was today it was like if oil got under fifty dollars he's got to eat a grasshopper taco, <laughs> <laughs> so that was on the whiteboard I got to check that one today and it did didn't it that's right it did it yeah. did I was like oh got this got some bad news for you buddy <laughs> start all and I'm like so what day do you have the grasshopper taco okay all right excellent oh man. That it's is... literal grasshoppers. Yeah, no, no, I Prime, get it. Yeah. I get it. That's amazing. <laughs> it's probably going to be like the greatest thing he's ever eaten, and you're going to be jealous. <laughs> you're going to be like, damn it, no, I won't I one. mean, secretly, I did – the stakes were kind of low because I was like, I, I, I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, you, you only put – you only placed the bet so you could also do it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, so, um, so rank your sieges. Yeah, so in the spirit of basis, baseless speculation, there's a cycle of enchantments, and they each are sieges. And I've I have ranked them, and let's see, my my first rank, and I, I don't think we've talked about like half of these, have we? Just read your list, and then we'll read each one individually, and we'll talk about why. All right, sure. Um, number one, I have Monastery Siege. Number two... That's the blue one. Number two, I have the red one, Outpost Siege. Mm-hmm. Number three, I have Palace Siege. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I have, th- I have that number three? The black one? Palace Siege. Okay, whatever. 
And number four, I've got Frontier Siege, uh-huh. the green one. Yep. And number five, I've got Citadel Siege, the white Word. one. Word. And uh, for me, I have one Monastery Siege, two Frontier Siege, okay. three, three Outpost Siege, four Citadel Siege, and five... Why the hell would you put this card three? Palace Siege. Um, so let's go over them real quick. So um, sure. our consensus top pick is the Monastery Siege. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's good reason for that. Um, Monastery Siege, it's a two and a blue. So first of all, it's already the cheapest of the sieges, um, which I didn't even factor in. I just factored this in based on abilities. Um, so... Two and a blue as it come, enters the battle. They all say as it enters the battlefield, choose cons or dragons. I'm not going to say that every damn time I read one of these. Um, cons. At the beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card, then discard a card. It's not a, you know, what's the word for that? Um, it's not like Howling Mine, so you just get to draw. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then dragons. It's symmetrical. Symmetrical. Thank you. Dragons, spells your opponent's cast that target you or a permanent you control cost two more to cast. Eww. That's a, that's a, I think that's the ability that's really good on this. Um, Wait, what? You like the, you like the, the, the Frost Titan ability? Yeah. Oh, no way. That's an awesome ability. No, I'm on the cons, cons They're both good. I, mean, I, think, I think that's the thing is that they're both good. You can run this in your main deck. I think that's the coolest thing about this, is that you can just run this, and you can just get extra draws out of it. And, you know, if you're playing, like, I mean, like, like what's Soltai Ascendancy was, like, the garbage card that, like, uh, you know, that was the best way to do this before, or, or the Jace the living guild pact. So oh, not yeah. only do you get an extra draw, but then you get to choose one of any of the cards in your hand and um, put it in your graveyard. So like, you know, for reanimator strategies, this is great. Um, it's just a really, really good ability. Uh, but then also you've got this dragon's ability on there. Like if this card just said two and a blue enchantment at the beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card, then discard a card. We'd still be talking about how good it was. But the yep. fact is, like, you play against, like, a burn deck or a deck with a lot of spot removal that you just really have to, like, you know, slow them down. You just drop it down to, say, dragons, and you put two of these down, and they're pretty much screwed. And it's not like a six-mana creature. It's a three-mana enchantment. They're just, they're just not going to be able to deal with it. Um, I just think it's, you know, it's like... I'm going to say real... the, huh? the cons versus dragons split on this card is going to be, like, 90-10. Yeah. But in the ten okay. percent, but in the ten percent, that dragon's ability is just crippling. Potentially, yeah. I mean, otherwise, I don't know why else you choose it. Right, right. I mean, but that's what I'm saying is it's like a sideboard card. It's like a free sideboard card is what it is, and that's why I like that ability so much is because it's mm. like having a free like a free spot in your sideboard because you can like use that ability if you need it, but the first ability would always be good. You know, it's it's it's. I think it's a really good card. Go ahead and read your baby. Outpost Siege. Yep. Three and a red. Yep. Um, yeah, the whole thing. Choose cons or dragons. Yes. Cons is at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library until end of turn. You may play that card. Dragons is whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, Outpost Siege deals one damage to target creature or player. Yeah. And uh, 
I know I know you love this card. I think it's pretty good. I mean, I put it as, at third. I put it as better than the two crappy ones. And the first ability is good, you know, but the second oh, it's ability... it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's... It's better than the first ability on Monastery Siege. Because it's effectively draw an additional card each turn. You have to play that card, you know, until... Yeah, you can play it until end of turn. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like I... discarding at your instep, except that discard's optional if you if you choose instead to play it. Yeah, I guess. So the first ability is already better than Monastery Siege, but it costs one more. Yeah. I mean, it's the reason that Chandra is so good in red. It gives you card advantage in a color that just does not typically get that. And then I think that the, the other, like, I think the split between which one you choose is a lot more even for this card, despite the fact that the first, the first ability is so good. Because um, for the second one, because uh, I just imagine playing this in Jeskai Tokens or something like that, because, you know, it's a non, non-creature card, so it triggers your prowess. And then... Mm-hmm. If you have a whole bunch of tokens, I just, I don't know. I mean, combat just becomes a nightmare because you could target. So not only are you just automatically getting in with each creature you attack with, because when they, if they die, and as you know, if they're tokens, they're going to die. You can just have them ping the player. Mm-hmm. Or you could just make com- like combat so incredibly complicated because this could ping target creature. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, the thing is. So each token trades with a 2 2. Even if they're just a one-one, it's it's crazy. That's that's okay. Or they gang up and I mean no, it's I think it's incredible. I think it's See, incredibly underrated. I'm super, I'm gonna put make, this no this is number one. This is number one. <laughs> See, here's the thing, mm-hmm. is um I think that the card harsh sustenance, while it doesn't fit in Jeskai tokens, mm-hmm. it certainly fits in Mardu tokens, and it oh boy. and it 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 ends the game faster and and more with more certainty than uh than the outpost siege because you, all you do is you, i mean if you've got like six tokens on the board you just cast this and and they take six damage period okay like and 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 if you're also swinging in like if you if you if they if your opponent's at 10 mm-hmm. and you swing with like six tokens okay let's say you don't have a stoke the flames right yeah you swing with six tokens. They're at four. They get to untap. If um, they have to kill your creatures to deal that last four damage. If you have six tokens and you swing and they don't block and they go to four, you can just cast Harsh Sustenance and they don't get to untap and they die. I think Harsh Sustenance is a really good card. So I guess I could read this card since I'm talking about it. Sure. Harsh Sustenance is a black, a white, and one. It's a common. It's an instant. Harsh Sustenance deals X damage to target creature or player and you gain X life, where X is the number of creatures you control. I think this card is really good. No, boo. I would no. not put that in a tokens deck. Absolutely what? not. Why? No. Why? Okay, so, I mean, there's a few different modes or a few different ways the game could be going. When you, you know, you go to the top of your deck, you knock it a couple times, you draw it, and it's either an outpost siege or a harsh sustenance. So if it's a harsh sustenance, and let's say it's a board stall, right? Mm-hmm. Then sure, you could just dome them. That's fine, but you're not getting in for like any additional damage. Um, so that's, I mean, that makes it slightly better at ending the game if there's no way for your tokens to get through. Otherwise, I don't know if you're like parity and you want to actually kill just a creature. It's it's much less flexible because you can only target one one thing. And if you're behind, let's say you just got your board wiped and you draw this card. This is a mm-hmm. stone cold blank, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if like. If the board's completely empty and you're both top decking, 
you've never been more miserable than when you draw. Like, it's just mocking you at that point. Um, yeah. Outpost Siege, on the other hand, is like, okay, do you want to get, like, a harder-to-kill Chandra that just zeroes every turn? Yeah, sure, that's fine. Because <laughs> then you get to the action that, that ends the game. That's much be- that's much better. Um, if, if you're not absolutely going to kill them that turn, mm-hmm. and you just want to make combat next to impossible, this is much better, Outpost Siege is. Because, like, they don't even know they don't even know what you're what you're gonna do with the damage after the tokens start to die. So you can just swing in with just complete abandon, and you know if they block, you know, because you could have you have two tokens block and then ping something that wasn't even involved in combat for two. Um, you, it's just like you have so much more flexibility. It's like almost an order of magnitude more flexibility and more just like options at your at your disposable at, at your disposal without post siege versus harsh sustenance where you just get to target either a, an opponent or a creature if you have enough creatures to kill them whereas with outpost siege you just have so many more options like you could just have you know they oh they blocked a goblin token that's fine um so they thought their creature only took one oh but they you know two of your two of your goblins just died in combat so you get to ping that thing for two more and but they don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to assign damage like it just makes combat so much more complex and in your favor because you're the one that gets to make all the decisions mm-hmm uh, no, uh, Outpost Siege, way better. All right. Number one, Outpost Siege, number one, then Monastery Siege. All right. Yeah. Very well. You know what? I, we, we need to, like, move on before I, like, I go pre-order some Outpost Sieges because they're only 50 cents right now. <laughs> Do it. Order them. <laughs> no, that's – it's going to be so hard for, like, just, like, a dinky little rare that's, like, a two-of in a deck to be worth anything when there's going to be, like, fetch lands and, like – crazy mythics that are worth a ton of money in this set so you i think don't they're going to so. be fetch lands in this set oh you yeah, i guess there are the, the original five but well no yeah there's there's going to be fetch lands yeah in the land slot you'll either right, get the, right, the right, right. multicolor land or the fetch land so right like that's gonna there's I, some people who think that the other fetch that the zendikar fetches are going to come back in this set too no, I, I think that's impossible based on like the number i don't know people there's like this number crunch you can do with like the lands and what numbers have been revealed and all that stuff, but like, that's how people figured out that, that there, there's not going to be Eldrazi in the set because mm. there's not enough colorless numbers because Ugin's like number, um, he's like number two or something like that. Oh, okay. So like al- alphabetically, like he can't, or there there can't be like additional colorless creatures. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I I it'll just be really hard for like a like a random card that's just a rare that's like a two of in a certain deck. But I do think it's underrated. People are just completely dismissing it um, because it's, you know, it's basically pre-ordering for essentially as low as a rare can pre-order for, which is like 40 or 50 cents. Right, right. Um, which means people just assume that this has no applicability in standard, and I absolutely think it does. Sure. I can see that. I can see it. Um, Frontier Siege was my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a simple reason for that. So Frontier Siege is a green and three. Uh, cons at the beginning of each of your main phases, add green, green to your mana pool dragons. Whenever a creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, you may have it fight target creature. You don't control. So cons at the beginning of each of your Mm -hmm. main phases, add two green to your mana pool. So you get four extra mana each turn from this card, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Um, I don't know what you're going to do with it. Yeah. But um, you're probably doing something big with it. Now, uh, what you're probably going to do is you're probably going to use that mana to cast a Hornet Queen. (laughs) The dragon's ability on this, 
just is a board wipe as soon as you play Hornet Queen, which is awesome. So, like, this card with Hornet Queen equals awesome. Yeah, uh, this this was my, like, number five ranked one yeah, until I, know. I read about that. I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, I play Hornet Queen, I kill five of your creatures, and yeah. Seems um, good. It really does. I mean, my only problem is just that, like, a four mana cost ramp card just has not been standard playable in a, like since I've been playing. Like, I mean, right. how, I mean, did you ever play Ranger's Path when that was legal? No. It was like three and a green, search your library for up to two forest cards. Played Oracle of Moldiah a bit. But that was like card advantage, too, because you can play it them was. off the top of your deck as, as well. So um, that's not what this is. So right. this is like, so not only are you, you're probably already ramping into this, into to this, and then you're going to ramp into something, <laughs> ramp into something else that you already, right. like, what, how much help do you need? Right. No, it's true. Now, the, um, the one thing I can say about this that kind of makes me like, eh, I don't know, uh, is that I would probably want to be running if I'm, cause I'm, I'm thinking about this card. I'm like mono green devotion. Like mm-hmm. I think that would be a mono green devotion card all the way. Um, but the card I'm actually more excited about for mono green devotion, um, now, the only problem I have with this is that uh, people are actually playing Drown in Sorrow, you know? Yeah. Oh, is it the card that has, like, the ferocious it can tap yes. green? The, the card is Whisperer of the Wilds. It's one in a green for a human shaman. He's an O2, and he taps for green mana, but if you have ferocious, he taps for green green. Right. And I think that's really good. But again, like I said, you know, with these ramp decks... It's already a big enough problem dealing with Drown and Sorrow for the people who do, you know, when people mm-hmm. do bring it in against you. Carry it, it is the one creature that isn't going to die from a Drown and Sorrow in your deck that, like, yeah. that produces mana. And, like, swapping that out for Whisper of the Wilds just kind of guarantees you're going to get blown out by that card. Um, so that's my hesitation. Um, but, man, like, I mean, just, I don't know, Mystic into this into Pelucranos you know, into Pelucranos super monstrous into yeah or not or monstrous or, or Genesis Hydra or I don't know I think it's uh the, the thing I don't get though is that so you're already so this is a good card it's not a good card if it just tapped for green mana because you'd either play Elvish Mystic which is cheaper yeah. or you'd play Sylvan Carry Added which fixes your mana is you know got an extra point of toughness and is hexproof right so you wouldn't play this if you don't plan on actively triggering the ferocious. Right, exactly. But you're you're concocting a scenario where you have this card out and then you've already gotten your big creature out and then you want to ramp it to something else because you haven't won the game well, yet. Yeah, like, well that's what the mono green devotion deck does. <laughs> is it keeps going. It's like, yeah, I've got something big and now I've got something bigger and now I've got something bigger. Yeah, of course. Nah, you've already got Nick though, so you don't need that. If you if you already have that many like green pips in play because you've already yeah. ripped out your fatty, yeah. and you're you're playing like Nykthos already, and that can't get destroyed like this O2 non hexproof dude. Yeah, but this thing can attack, dude. <laughs> sure, it can attack. Yeah, this is this is in Hearthstone. You can attack with this fool. I, I mean, I've been out on these ramp decks for a little while since I haven't found a good way to make mana creatures relevant in the late game like you could a few standard seasons ago with like Gavany Township and all that mm-hmm. which is kind of why I like the Naya um, tokens deck because mm-hmm. you could eventually ramp out a Heliod's uh, or Dictate of Heliod and yeah. suddenly now all your mana dorks are relevant again in combat 
Um, but there's uh, that I, I could see Whisperwood Elemental in a ramp deck because then you can like start chump blocking and yeah. you know, sack Whisperwood and turn them into like two twos that could you know just recycle them. Right, right, right. Yeah, it just keeps going. Right. Maybe. So okay, so you had Frontier Siege number two. I actually have that number four. Yeah, and you had you had. Ugh. I know. <laughs> Palace, Palace number Siege three. number three. That was an oversight on your part. I think so. Like even as I was reading it, I was like, "Wait, what? Why? Why did?" Why did it's I put the this most here? expensive one. It is for one, uh, and it does nothing. It's uh, I'm gonna read it because we don't need to spend too much time on it. Two black and three cons at the beginning of your upkeep raise dead. Okay, <laughs> dragons at the beginning of your upkeep siphon life. No, actually, it's not even siphon life. It's each opponent loses two life and you gain. Two life. You don't gain life equal to the life lost. Mm -hmm. So it's not even a good commander card. You just gain two life. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. This really I, sucks. I was, I, I think I was like thinking about it in like limited or something like that. I have no idea. Where what this you would were be thinking. like really good. Like, you know, if it's late game, you yeah. just drop this and you can start uh -huh. getting back all your good creatures or uh -huh. you could just like just ping them every turn. Yeah. I know that putting these the chokehold on. I know that things you're saying are words, but. Yeah, I know. Man. Like, I mean, they're I, in defense of this terrible, awful card. Well, here's the thing. I <laughs> I think Outpost Siege and Monastery Siege see play or have the best chance of seeing play, and the rest don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Three, four, and five aren't really super – like, how I have them ranked, I don't really feel too strongly about right, it. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, Citadel Siege, want to read that real quick? Sure. So did we both have this last – no, we no, did. No, I had the – crappy palace siege last sorry you had this last <laughs> well because well, it's a crap it's a martial law which yeah no martial law yeah exactly that's the only yeah yeah and that's the only ability yeah and uh, read it just read it okay two white white cons at the beginning of your com oh no at the beginning of combat on your turn put two plus one plus one counters on target creature you control dragons at the beginning of combat on each opponent's turn, tap target creature that player controls. If this had both abilities, this would be awesome. But uh, like if it was like cons and dragons, you mm. get both abilities. This is just an enchantment. Like, it would be pretty good. But uh, yeah, martial law wasn't ever played. And like, I like wanted it to be played. You know, like I thought martial law um, in some deck could be good. Yeah, I, that was the, I, the I ran it. enchantment. I played it at one point. I can't remember <laughs> what deck I played it in, but I totally played Martial Law at one point. And it wasn't any good. It was like a one of, and I was like, yep, that sucked. Oh, it was like in blue-white control. Yeah, this just seems like a really bad a Johnny Mentor of Heroes. It's, yeah. And that doesn't see any play, so this is not going to see play. Yeah, this is really bad. Like, if you, if you hit, you know, if you use the cons ability and then they kill your creature... It's really dumb. Now, you don't have to attack. So you can play a creature during main phase one, enter combat, get your counters, pass turn. But no, 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 no. This is really bad. So let's not waste any more time on it. Um, no, but if you know something kind of cool in the artwork of all these sieges. It's Ch Chartooth Cougar. What? There's, there's dragons. There's dragons in each siege. Oh, that was a cougar. I never looked nah. at the art. 
Oh my god. Well, it's <laughs> the coolest part because there's a cycle of uncommon dragons in each corresponding color, and that's the dragon that's the salt in the you know in the siege. Oh, okay. So it's a little related. Okay. Yeah. So there's like yeah, there's a cycle each you know for each color they've got they get a um you know a four color color you know six drop dragon flying four four that has a different ability in each. That color. is that goofy looking dragon, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Each single yeah each so the black the palace siege. There's a black noxious dragon, and in the palace siege artwork, it's noxious dragon is uh, a siege in them. Huh. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Interesting. No, I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like these dragons though. No, they're, these are all for limited. It's not really important. Yeah, I, I I think that like the one thing we can say about these is that the artwork and the name of destructor dragon oh, is, yeah. are clearly the best. Ain't um, one, but I think yeah. he's the worst of the bunch. <laughs> I don't think so, though, um, because, I mean, a flyer in green is pretty valuable. True. And um, non-creature permanent really gives you, like, a lot of options. It's probably not going to kill the one thing that's killing you, but neither is Noxious Dragon, which Noxious Dragon, to me, would be the best one if it said destroy target creature when it dies. Yeah, I mean... For I was six just... mana, I mean, you could have at least given us, like, a higher converted mana cost to kill, you know, like... I guess they just didn't want it killing another dragon. I mean, I don't it's, just, know. it's all gravy at this point, though, because they're four or four flyers for six, which isn't bad. This is all limited. And so yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, like, yeah. like, killing a non-creature permanent is usually not, like, you know, after turn six or seven or eight is not super relevant in limited. Like, you're just going to blow up a land or something like that. Yeah. You know, killing a killing some, killing some three drops fine as, like, a little tack-on bonus. Sure, um, sure. And then I, I like the white one, the ward skill dragon, four white, white. And as long as Ward Scale Dragon is attacking, defender, defending player can't cast spells. I mean, that's actually pretty big and limited because then you, like, half the time when you're attacking, I mean, you spend a lot of time worrying about combat tricks, right? You People know. are going to blow you out. Yeah, no, they, that is They that have is the really kill cool. shot. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. As long as he's attacking, doesn't matter. Right, right. And, and, and they, you get all the tricks. <laughs> and the coolest thing is, there. this isn't a triggered ability. No. It's as long so, as... So, like, yeah. once he's attacking... They can't use destroy target attacking creature. It's not like this ability goes on the stack. Yeah, once your opponent passes back priority at your beginning of combat step, you can you can breathe a little sigh of relief. Yeah, because they're not casting anything until your second main phase. Right, and I think I think that's pretty cool. So let's not talk about them. All right. Um. So I like, uh, <laughs> I like lemon meringue. Yeah, we both had Shockmaw ranked as number one. Yeah. Um. Lemon meringue is my homeboy. So, uh, Meringue River Prowler, I just was like, Lemon Meringue! I don't know why I thought that. Probably because I think of dumb things. Uh, Lemon Meringue is a white... Or... No. <laughs> wow. No. <laughs> I'm failing at this. Mm. Uh, Lemon Meringue is a blue and two. He's a two-one. He's a human rogue. He's an uncommon. Uh, Lemon Meringue can't block and can't be blocked. You may cast Lemon Meringue from your graveyard as long as you control a black or green permanent. So, pretty sweet. This guy just keeps dying and coming back and dying and coming back. Um, it's like Edge of Tomorrow. That's like Gravecrawler, but like re- way worse. Mm. Um, very conditional. But just that, just that option of getting this creature back is really nice. And, uh, you know... You're playing Sidisi Whip. No. You throw oh. some of these in the graveyard. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're talking about standard? Yeah, man. Absolutely not. You're crazy. 
Sure thing, dude. No, sure no. Thing. It's unblockable. I mean, like, you know, no I don't way. know. I don't know. For three mana? For a two one? Yeah, but it's unblockable, though. I mean, think about it. You're adding a power for one mana, just invisible stalker, bro. Like, right. one one or two one. It's like Tell the you same what. thing. Tell you what. You're on the play. Go ahead and cast your Meringue River Prowler. No, I don't want to cast it. I'm just saying it could be cast. You know what I cast after that? Goblin Rabble Master. All right. <laughs> what, what, what is that going to do? Goblin Rabble Master is pretty good. Yeah. Like, there's okay. no chance that you're, you're casting this guy in standard. No I've way. Heard, I've heard that uh, that Rabble Master could actually see some standard play. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like it. I think it's a cool card. Um, uh, Battle Brawler. Oh, the one in a black 2-2 two, two Orc Warrior. And nice. as long as you control a red or white permanent, Battle Brawler gets plus one, plus zero, and has first strike. Yeah, that's the one in the cycle that's actually good. Yeah, this one I could, if there's a warrior, like a standard Warriors deck. Which there already is. Kinda, yeah. I mean, it's 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 on the edge of viability. But the, the, just the problem is that people keep playing these token decks. Uh-huh, yeah. And keep getting wrecked. Although this, this, this could stack up against any token. First strike, yep, yeah. you know it. Um, what do you think about the, uh, the Mardu Shadow Spear? Um, do you think that is a good piece for that deck too? I mean, cause like we've got a couple of good warrior cards here. No. No? No, it's a 1-1. One, one. It just it's doesn't a have one... a, it doesn't have a relevant body and the ability is not that great. It's not, I know. But like if you're playing Mardu Aggro, maybe? I mean, you no, know. No, I wouldn't I... put that in there. Right on. I'm just curious. I'm I'd just rather him be like curious. a Thoughtseize. Yeah, I know. Well, they made him like a promo card, so... Like, yeah. it kind of fooled, it, like, if it, it, it made me, like, reconsider them, like, multiple times. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. why'd they print the promo? Why'd they, they print the full full game day art promo if he's not good? <laughs> I'm like, you know, they do that all the time. So, yep. Uh, like, they they, 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 pu- they printed that beautiful, yeah, beautiful, uh, beautiful, was it, Krufix's Insight or whatever? Yes, yes. Like oh, one, man, that was I think beautiful. it was gorgeous. Beautiful. Still hasn't seen standard play. <laughs> Never will. <laughs> It might. I, I if, could see a If there's scenario. a combo deck. If there's a combo deck. Yeah, yeah like a Turbo Fog. Won't. Yeah. Um, now, war, a warrior card that I'm sure you're just going nuts over is the Brutal Horde Chief. You know, he got my attention. Yeah. So, we, we, we've, been dis, we've been kind of trying to figure out if this is better than Hellrider or not. Mm-hmm. So, um, warrior, relevant creature type, for yep. one. Uh, so, that that's a plus. Easier to cast. Three and a black. It's a two black red, red. and three. Yep. Um, it's a three three. What was Hellrider? Was it also three, three. a three three? But it had okay. haste. Right. So it had haste. So you were getting basically an extra four points of damage, mm-hmm. which is good. Which obviously is a point in Hellrider's favor. Um, now it says whenever a creature you control attacks, defending player loses one life and you gain one life. Mm-hmm. So um, this can't target planeswalkers. Nope. But can't be prevented. True. So, for some reason, it's going up against a ley line of sanctity. Too bad. And yeah, it doesn't, well, it doesn't target either. It just says defending player. Yeah. And it's got an activated uh, ability. The life gain is pretty relevant. And it does have an it's activated true. ability. I'm not sure uh, if this activated ability is any good. Are honestly. you kidding? 
Really? You're being sarcastic, right? No, I really just don't. I just really can't tell. So it's three and then red-white, red-white. It's a red-white hybrid. Uh, creatures your opponents control block this turn if able, and you choose how those creatures block. That's really good. Is it? Yeah. Why? Like, I mean, okay, so, yeah, they, they printed this before on a four-drop, and it was Odric Master Tactician. It saw no play. But this is just gravy on top of, like, without the activated ability, you'd still be talking about playing this card. So this is yes. just kind of like upside. But why uh, is that upside? Like, why do you, why would you ever want to use that ability in a deck that's running Brutal Horde Chief? Because I just feel like you're going to have a bunch of tokens. Yeah. Well, that's perfect and... then. Because if you think about it, um, you're, you, so you're clearly putting this into a deck where this is the top end where you have a whole bunch of other creatures to make the ping damage uh, relevant. Mm-hmm. This is like a finisher. So if you get to activate this when you have a ton of creatures and presumably a lot more creatures than they do, and an outpost um, siege on the table? <laughs> no, because this is also... Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know which one would get played. Maybe outpost siege over this. I don't know. No, probably not. Let's, um, say, you play, let's, you, let's say you play an outpost siege, and no. <laughs> then you exile the top card of your library. It's Brutal Horde Chief. So then you play Brutal Horde Chief. Mm-hmm. And then the next turn, you use the ability, and you attack with all your tokens and your Brutal Horde Chief. I mean, the, okay, those two cards are probably mutually exclusive. Okay. Um, because also, this is black, and I can imagine Outpost Siege in either just red-white or red-white. Yeah, but that ability is red-white. It is true. So, I mean, you could do that. I mean, like, you could play these both in, like, a Mardu Tokens deck. They are both castable in a Mardu deck, but I, I don't right. think you have them both in the deck. But regardless, in the type of deck that you would have... Uh... They're your two favorite cards of all time. Of course <laughs> you would have them both in the same deck. I mean... <laughs> Gun to my head, Brutal Horde Chief is probably a better card Okay. Uh, than Outpost Siege. I just like Outpost Siege better <laughs> uh, or more. I don't know why. I, I think it's because everyone hates it. And I, and, I, and and if it's like it sees like even a modicum of play, then I get to be like, I liked it. Like, you know, when everyone hated it, I was, you know, I was listening to their demo tapes. <laughs> <of> Outpost Siege. <laughs> yeah, I can be like, oh, that, that's on the radio now. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, anyway, so Brutal Horde Chief. You activate the ability, and I think, can't you just have all their creatures block one of your 1-1 tokens, and then you just get in? I mean, isn't that like a legal block that you could set up? Oh, yeah. So isn't this like just like an overrun at that point, and they just die? Oh. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Okay, yeah, this is really, really good. Okay, never mind. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was, like, I was thinking, <laughs> I'm like, well, then each creature blocks a creature, and how does that make you, how does that advance your plan? <laughs> no, it actually really does. Yeah. <laughs> My brain couldn't grasp the concept of a 5-5 five, five and, like, a 2-4 blocking a 1-1 one, one token. Yeah, you just, you, you gather all their creatures. I think I've just played way more Hearthstone than anything else. <laughs> and so I think, I don't know, I don't, I don't even think that makes sense. But I don't I, think Yeah, I had to is... stop because, it, like, my, my brain was, like, operating. Like, <laughs> it, it was, like, like it, they're just two different, like, playing those games. Like, it, it puts your brain in two different, like, operating systems. Yeah, and you just forget. You just forget like which game you're playing in the middle yeah, of it. I definitely, I think at one point during a Magic tournament was like, oh sweet, well I'll just get deal two damage to that creature this turn, and then deal two damage to it the next turn and kill it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, thinking two turns ahead, like oh man, I can just deal four damage to that creature over two turns, and it will die. Fantastic. No. Because then yeah. they'll have to swing back into it. Because my creature has defender. 
which means he has to attack it first before he can attack my life mm. points directly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it doesn't really work like that, does it? Nah. But yeah. yeah, so like when you activate this guy's ability, you're just going to gather up your opponent's creatures into a nice, neat little pile and uh, put them in front of your worst creature. And, yeah, okay. And be like, I have finished declaring your blockers and uh, have a good day. All right, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, that's a. F- I almost swore it's such a good ability. That's a really <laughs> good ability. Um, I was like, how do I have to sell you on this? This is really good. Yeah, I, I, my brain was not going around the ability and what actually, uh, how it actually made sense. Um, while I'm guessing you're staring at the spoiler the same way I am, mm-hmm. let's just run down these other mythics here real quick Word. that we haven't talked about yet. So um, uh, why don't you read Shaman of the Great Hunt? Sure. Uh, it's three and a red for an orc shaman. He has haste. Shamans. I, I, whenever I see that word, I think of uh, of uh, Alvis Day. <laughs> when, whenever a creature... Shamans. I want pomp. No, but uh, sorry. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage, combat damage to a player. R.I.P. Put... Captain Murphy. Oh God. <laughs> put a plus one plus one counter on it, and I, I don't understand why this is a ferocious ability. It says keyword ferocious. Right. Then it has two green, blue, green, blue, so hybrid, so four total cost. Yeah. Draw a card for each creature you control with power four or greater. Which means that that, the card gains that ability when you have Ferocious. But, okay, so so if you somehow, if this creature's power is somehow only like three, two or whatever, then you can't activate it? Right. Or no. No, no, no. Ferocious is if you control a creature with power four or greater. Okay. So so no matter what – so if this is the only creature that you control and it gets minus one, minus one, it will essentially lose this ability until you get another one, another four-power creature. Does that make sense? Yeah, but why – that seems needlessly complicated. It does. Like you just activate this and if this is a three-two – the ferocious thing was entirely like keyword. It was just to have the keyword on there. I think that's unnecessary. It does. It is. It is unnecessary. Like just have the the ability. Like I don't. I don't oh, understand. Oh my god! I want to talk about Warden of the First Tree. All right. Oh my god! I just Sha- wrote something amazing about that card. Shaman of the Great Hunt. Shamans. Shamans. Does it get played? Brought him whiskey. Um, I can't. I would. Oh man! I, I want to go back and watch C Lab again. Great. Um, oh yeah, it's one of the best of all time. A lot, um, lot of references people don't get, um, similar to uh, another podcast. So this creature's okay. It becomes a five three after you deal damage, like after you play it. So it'll be it'll, if it doesn't get blocked and die, which it probably will. Yeah, I'm not um, super excited about this one to be honest. No, me neither. I like a four two haste for four. I mean, that's, I like that. That's okay. And like, yeah. if you, if like, okay, so I know I keep going back to tokens, but you know, you get a bunch of tokens in there, they get big all of a sudden. You play a rabble master, and then you play this the following turn. That's a pretty good turn. That's a pretty good three then four, especially if like your first two turns were like one drop, uh, raise the alarm. I mean, yeah. I'd I'd rather have like a brutal horde chief or a chandra or a bunch of other cards. Yeah, I mean, and again, if you're playing like. I don't know. Do all the I, I, do any of the token decks run Perforos? 
No. Uh, well, why? The, the Naya tokens deck I'm playing currently does. Well, but then I'm, that's I'm, why you like it, because it's better than the other tokens decks, because I, it runs Perforos. I'm thinking of, of either moving them to the sideboard or only running one main deck with one... Um, Shaman of the Great Hunt? <laughs> no, no, with one... Outpost Siege? Oh my god, no. Uh, Court of Calling. Court of Calling? Yeah, because you got all those tokens out there. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, and you just yeah. go fetch up your Perforos if that's what you want. If not, ah. you, can go, you can go get your uh, Wingmate Rock and get your raid out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You can't see me throwing up my... Uh... My upside down. <laughs> I, I know. I, listen, it's a very soft fastball right over the middle of the plate. Warden of the first tree. Oh, man. So, wow. I just realized something about this card. Okay, so it's, um, it is not, 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 not. Why don't you read it first? green figure of destiny. Just it read is it. not. Read it. It is one green. It is a mythic rare that costs one green. It's How do you a feel human. about that? Uh, we're going to have another one in May, hopefully. So, um, meaning the, um, the one I always call Elvish Mystic. It's a human. It's a 1-1. One, one. Uh, so it has one and then black or white. Warden of the first tree becomes a human warrior with base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. Two and black, white, black, white. If warden of the first tree is a warrior, it becomes a human spirit warrior with trample and lifelink. So... Still a 3-3. Three, three. Gains Trample and Lifelink. Mm -hmm. Three, black, white, black, white, black, white. If Warden of the First Tree is a spirit, put five plus one plus one counters on it. So that makes it an 8-8. Eight, eight. But it doesn't become an 8-8. Eight, eight, no. Because then the next turn, you can do it again. Mm -hmm. And the turn after that, you can do it again. Sure. And hopefully they're dead by then. Or hopefully they were dead the second time. <laughs> but um, but I didn't realize that when I was looking at this. You kept saying, or everyone kept saying, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a figure of destiny. It's a figure of destiny. And I was like, okay, so it becomes an 8-8. No, no, it actually no, yeah. gains an ability or, that you can just keep doing, which is pretty amazing. So I kind of like that. I just don't know if I like this card, really. Um, it feels weird to have a one-drop mythic. Yeah, I guess. But, um, again, Noble Hierarch is hopefully going to be in Modern Masters, and it's probably going to be a Mythic. Oh, why would it be a Mythic? A Mana Dork? That'd be like, that just feels so wrong. Dark Confidant's a Mythic. Why is that a Mythic? It's a two-drop. But it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a Mythic. Yeah. Dark Confidant should be a rare. Well, actually, I think if they printed it today, it'd probably be a mythic, given like what they're doing with the power level of cards being mythic and all that. Although Young Pyromancer was an uncommon, so who knows? But Figure of Destiny was a rare in that set, so go figure. Yeah. No pun in oh, wow. oh, my I God. I really didn't even mean that. I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. So war I guess they had to make it a mythic, because if this is just a rare, it'd be super annoying and limited. But it's also a cycle. And yes, you're right. Um, it would be super annoying and limited. All right. It would just keep scaling up. So the other two little mythic creatures in this cycle, they got Soulfire Grandmaster, which you we talked about already. Amazing card. Seems good. Uh, and Torrent Elemental. Yes. And that is a four and a blue for a mm -hmm. creature elemental. It's a three, five with flying. And whenever Torrent Elemental, uh, Torrent Elemental attacks, tap all creatures defending player controls. It's pretty good. 
And then for three Golgari Golgari, or black-green, uh, so five total, uh, you put Torrent Elemental from Exile onto the battlefield tapped. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. So I'm guessing this is meant to be delved because it's the Sultai colors. Yeah. So you delve this away, and then you could just bring it back from Exile. So it's kind of like a... Uh, uh, was it Hushwing? No. Mist something, Griffin? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mist Hollow Griffin. Mist Hollow Griffin, right. Yeah. Um, I like this. I, at first I was like, eh, it's okay. Um, I don't know why you would run this instead of Prognostic Sphinx. Um, but, I mean, this plays really nice with Perilous Vault. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my plays- god, you're right. Yup, this plays really nice with Treasure Cruise. Um, you know, put them together. I think it's an amazing limited bomb, and I don't see where you could slot this into a constructed deck. Maybe a one-up somewhere. No, I think that, like, if there was... I think it's... Cause, okay, I think Pearl Ink Ancient sucks. Have right, you I think ever Pearl, cast him? No, I haven't cast any blue cards this standard, and I'm happy to say that, because I cast... Way too many last standard. Way too many. So I haven't cast any blue cards as standard, nor do I intend to. But I think Torrent Elemental, if there was a deck that was very counter-heavy, very removal-heavy, Treasure Cruise... I think Treasure Cruise is so criminally underplayed in standard. Why isn't everyone playing that card? It's so good. It's it's just hard to slot into a deck. Like The, the, the thing is, is that... Standard just isn't as mana efficient as modern or legacy, so there's not like a one one mana cost cantrip or whatever. There's no lightning mm-hmm. bolt, so there's not a lot of cheap cards. And really, what you need is not just cheap cards. You need cheap instants and sorceries that gain you value and then go to your graveyard. So right. you don't have that in standard right now. And the right. only well, the way to really what a- fuel that in, in standard is just guy tokens, because then once you have the sense, yeah, you're discarding stuff. You're casting token cards, which you know get you. Um, you know, positioning on the battlefield and stuff like that, and then go to your graveyard. What about a deck with, like, Monastery Siege, Perilous Vault, Torrent Elemental, and Treasure Cruise? Like, that's the start of a pretty good control deck right there. Oh, yeah. If they're, yeah, if they, if they started to go... I mean, if you're going to play Stupid Divination, <laughs> you know, like, like play a play a card like monastery siege that's going to actually advance your plan every turn and eventually like gain you more cards than a divination over time i mean i just think you know i mean i don't know it does seem that like yeah if you had some sort of card advantage engine like the monastery siege or jace the living guild pact oh my god no um like monastery siege instead of the card draws like divination that were fueling your dig through times and your your sweepers are a perilous vault, then this is almost free to include almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, you just, you delve it away and you can bring it back whenever you need to. And you know, it's obviously going to get in for three each turn because it taps down all their, their, their creatures. Um, just, you know, words of the wise, uh, do not dissipate this card. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, we should probably talk about the card. Everyone's freaking out over. Oh yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, Monastery Mentor, two and a white, Human Monk. It's a Mythic, so it's a, it's a slow, it's a three-drop Mythic. It's a 2-2, two, two, but it has Prowess. 
And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you put a 1-1 white monk creature token with prowess onto the battlefield. So the tokens have prowess as well. And your question is... Is this card better than Young Pyromancer? And the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah? In standard, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. In standard, yes. Um, But there are people talking about this in, like, modern legacy... Vintage. Yeah, vintage. I mean, do you think this card's better than, than Pyromancer in those formats? I don't know. I mean, the difference between two and three is a lot... It's just a lot steeper in those yeah. formats. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because I mean, the tr- here's the thing with that with, with the the blue red Delver deck, like you're operating off of one land, no problem. Maybe two lands, but three lands is actually kind of a stretch. Right, and considering that you just said blue red Delver deck, mm-hmm. this doesn't really fit into that. No, not without completely changing the deck. But I mean, there are decks in standard that would run this that were red, white, blue, and would not run Pyromancer. I mean, this is just way better in standard. Because it's it's also Prowess, which is actually different. Because I was so used to Prowess, I was playing with Young Pyromancer and Cube, mm-hmm. and I just assumed, oh, I'm going to play this uh, Planeswalker and get a token, right? No. <laughs> it's instant wow. or sorcery, so... Wow, you're right, you're right. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Just drop enchantments or artifacts or anything. Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah, huh. you, you drop... Uh, you drop an ascendancy with this guy out, and you just win the game. Period. <laughs> because yeah, I don't know, it just goes, it just goes crazy. Because then the tokens have prowess, and he has prowess, so he can ta- he can attack a lot more than Young Pyromancer can. Young Pyromancer never attacks. Yeah, I mean, this might just kick out Goblin Rabble Master maybe out of the Jeskai tokens deck, or I don't know. I mean, I would, yeah, I would swap this guy in before. I mean, this guy's an automatic include in that deck. Right. No, I I, I see that. Yeah. I think he's just fantastic. I think he's better in standard than Soulfire Grandmaster. Right. In standard. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it requires really efficient instant, instant sorcery, and I mean, it kind of burns spells mm-hmm. if you want to take advantage of the fact that your spells have lifelink. And there just yeah. aren't that many in standard right now. There aren't, and, but that's the good thing about you know, the cycle of standard is that mono red gets better and better and better as the season wears on because more and more cards become available. I mean, every strategy gets better. But mono red is the one, is the deck that, like, doesn't exist at the start of each rotation and then is, like, hopefully awesome near the end. Um, But they printed a card that could, uh, that could be the sign of that going um, going in the right direction. Um, Flame Wake Phoenix. Now mm-hmm. you're just losing your mind about this card, right? <laughs> what? Just because I played Chandra's Phoenix like all day, every day last standard season? No, because this is like a legitimately awesome card for a potential burn deck. I think this is better than uh, than um, Chandra's Phoenix. Mm, it's in a di- it goes in a different deck. Okay, it's a. Uh, Two red and one. It is a two-two creature phoenix rare flying haste. It attacks each turn if able. Mm-hmm. And then ferocious at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you control a creature with power four or greater, you may pay one red. If you do, return flame wake phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. And that's at the start of combat. That's before declare attackers. Mm-hmm. So pay one red you bring it out 
and you attack with it. And I think that's really good. I don't know. This would obviously um, go great with um, Stormbreath Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would this go really good with? Um, it goes kind of well with like the mono red boss dude, sly deck because dude, butcher of the horde. Butcher of the horde's a good one. Yeah. Um. Now why would this sav- be good with savage the boss knuckle sly? blade? Uh, because you you run like a bunch of those um, like the dragon mantle, so you can just like pump your guy up, get him to four. Pump enough to get it to go. Yeah, dragon. it also runs the um. The instant, it, it's one, it's just a red that gives you plus three, plus one in scry. So it makes any creature you have like a four, whatever. Wow. Oh, you're right. You're right. So you could trigger Kinda takes that. A, takes a little bit of the surprise out, but whatever. True. And you can um, get totally blown out if they like have a response. It's true. And um, this does cost three, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of those, the, the boss sly isn't really trying to play a three mana creature too much, other, unless it's Rabble Master. Yeah, it also competes against Rabble Master. I don't think this goes in a burn deck, though, unfortunately. No, probably not. But I think, I think like, in Mardu, man. It's interesting in Mardu, yeah. Yeah, it's like Mardu with Butcher. I mean, those two cards together. You can sacrifice oh, yes. this. Yes, yes. Oh, my yes. God. You can sacrifice <laughs> this to Butcher. Butcher's the best I've heard yet. I haven't heard that one. Oh, my like, God. Oh. You can sacrifice this to Butcher, and then you can pay a red and bring it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can start you can... setting up loops like I was dreaming about with uh, Bloodsoaked Champion. Oh, my God. So if you had some – and, you know, I mean, you're obviously gaining value with your Outpost Siege um, with all these sacks. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, Jesus. There's that card again. So you just set up a loop where you're, you're sacking all these recursive, uh, recursive threats to your Butcher That's... Horde. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about anything else, you know, Stormbirth Dragon, okay, you know, all these other things, uh, Savage Knuckleblade, you shouldn't be playing that card. Oh, that's a good uh, card. <laughs> I'm not going to play it, but it's a good card. It is, but it's getting no, I mean, like, it's got to go up against Siege Rhino. It's just, I don't know. Nah, meh. But man, this thing with Butcher of the Horde, I think that's, yeah, that's that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. So initially when you start, you know, hinting at like a burn deck, I actually thought you were talking about another card. Which card? Uh, Wild Slash. Okay. So it's basically it's basically shock with a little bit of upside. So it's just red, instant. Uh, it deals two damage to target creature or player. But if you have Ferocious, uh, the da- damage cannot be prevented this turn. Hmm. So that's, this is more for limited where um, – Oh, what is it called? Where if they have, uh, um, what is the trick that they always have? The one in a white. Oh yeah, uh, wild the defiance. Feet of resistance. Feet of resistance. Yeah, feet of resistance. And you just, you know, you kill one of their guys and then completely blow them out because the damage can't be prevented. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it's another shock. And um, at one point, the burn decks were playing four shocks. So. There aren't any, like, there aren't enough, there's not critical mass of burn spells in standard yet, but it's it's getting close, and, um... You could play Wild Slash with, uh, Ash Cloud Phoenix, and Fire Wake Phoenix, or Flame Wake Phoenix. That's true. They, they go together. They do. Ash Cloud and Flame Wake Phoenix. We're gonna make a Phoenix deck. Phoenix Tribal. 
Phoenix Tribal. <laughs> Phoenixes you control get plus O plus two, <laughs> and it costs five. <laughs> Anyone that like turns that in as like a design should just be fired. <laughs> and they shouldn't be fired. Like a trap door should open up under their desk. <laughs> yes. It should just be like, yeah, yeah. pit of spikes, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, no. There's that that blue red like kind of burn deck that magically made top eight at GP San Antonio, but hasn't really been seen again. Do you remember that card? That deck? What was it? Oh my god! <laughs> it was like um, it was treasure cruise and a bunch of burn spells in standard. Oh right. That's right. I think That's it's called right. like that Burning was... Boats or something like that is what people were that, calling it. That awkward deck that was running like – I can't even remember what. Yeah, I don't, I'd rather forget about that deck because I don't want anyone to think that's playable. Really? So it was basically like all the burn spells, Faded Conflagration, and it had two Faded Conflagrations. Faded Conflagration. Uh, four right. Treasure Crews, a couple Chandra Pyromancers, uh, Idol of the Great Revel. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is the one that was at. Uh... It was the one at San Antonio. Yeah, but like it. It was. It's almost there. Burn, burn is close. I mean, it, like I said, every set it gets closer. By the time M sixteen, isn't that a gun? Hmm. Isn't M sixteen a gun? I don't know what you're talking about. Isn't a gun? Isn't there a, a rifle? Oh, gun? you mean yeah, for like the military. That's amazing. Yeah. Man, well, what a way to go out. I mean, like, you can't get better than M16, right? I mean, like, so I guess if there's going to be a core set for them to end on, they got to end on an M16. They used an M16 to kill the core sets. It's pretty good. Go out with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, come, in, come M16. God, I love it. I, I don't know why. And now I'm going to keep thinking I'm talking about guns. I thought, like, the set symbol had been spoiled. And for some reason, like, it's just a picture of a gun. And I'm like, that do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be a really annoying thing to have to. Wow, we're going to get so many weird, like, likes on or weird hits on our Facebook. Or not our Facebook, but on our uh, on our blog when I'm using, like, hashtag m16 i don't know military gun nuts are gonna get really upset when they uh do a hashtag <laughs> search on twitter <laughs> come this summer like, what in the hell is all this I don't, oh my god i did not mean to denigrate the military but anyone that's obsessed with the m16 i i just don't think the venn diagram of people that are m16 <laughs> enthusiasts and people that are gonna be in m16 enthusiasts I don't think there's a large overlap. Although we did have a really awesome fan of the show that we sent a t-shirt to in, um, I think, Afghanistan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was a guy who listened to our show um, while he was uh, in the military overseas. Um, and he, there he you sent go. Us pic- he sent us pictures of him rocking our shirt. Um, it was Afghanistan or Iraq. I honestly can't remember. It was so long ago. That's awesome. But uh, Yeah, it was totally rad. It was one of the coolest things. Um, but yeah, M16, that's going to be, that's going to create some really, uh, hopefully some good conversations happening between two groups mm-hmm. of people that may not have otherwise, uh, interacted with one another. So any other cards you want to talk about before we uh, wrap it up for this week? Uh, Remember, we've always got next week. We do. You know, we yeah. Can, we, no, we, we can, we can put that, we can put that off until. Although next week 
we're probably going to have the full spoiler at this time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a hundred more cards to talk about. We're going to blow it out. Well, we're probably going to skip a lot of them. True. Um, now, uh, interestingly enough, you know, I usually say, you know, we like limited, but if you really want to know, you know, to get some really great limited content, check out limited resources. Limited resources has a little piece of news. Mm-hmm. You heard about this, right? Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm psyched about it. <laughs> <laughs> New co-host for limited resources, LSV. Who? And uh, and new sponsor, ChannelFireball.com. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, other cards we could talk about, but they're, like, limited questions. And I think we could save that for, like, um, the full spoiler because I want to, like, do a quick, like, rundown of, like, favorite, like, white common, blue common, red, you know, all the crap. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. there's a few other, like, limited questions, but I just would rather just tackle them all at the same time. Yeah, that uh, sounds great. Because, like, yeah, the question I have is just, like, like you know, just random crap. Like, um, you know, is that, that life gain spell, is it, like, a reverse trap? Because at first I thought it was bad. But now I actually think it's good. Which life gain spell? Uh, Honor's Reward. What is that? It's two and a white. It's for limited. It's, okay, like, two it. and a white for an instant. You gain four life, bolster two. And so I'm used to thinking, oh, gain life. That sucks. But it's actually secretly kind of like a little mini giant growth that sticks around. So it's actually better than it looks. But at first, I see white instant gain life. Oh, crap. Get out yeah, of here. Your, your brain shortcuts it into the I'm never going to play that pile. Yeah, but bolster's actually, uh-huh. yeah, like a little – you don't think of it that way, but it's actually like a combat trick. And so it's like a reverse trap because if you're a good player, you're like, this is stupid. Get out of here. But it actually secretly might be good. Hmm. Well, that is a – that is these questions and more. Mm-hmm. will be answered. We don't have any time for my long-winded rant, do we? I went deep let's, on the story. Let's save it for next week. Next week's going to be like three hours. Although, yeah, I, I, I wrote like, – I took notes. I was like taking notes about the, the hints in the most recent article about what's going on with the, the set and, dra- and Dragons of Tarkir. Yeah. I've got totally figured out. Oh, man, that's great. No, I'd love to hear that. We'll start with that next week. <laughs> oh, to drive everyone away? But what if people don't want it to be spoiled? That's how confident I am. No. <laughs> let's, let's, no, no, no. I, I love it. No, let's start with that next week. Okay. Let's start with that next week. Ooh, next week. Arcbound. When YoMTG talk- taps. Yeah. <laughs> ne- save Arcbond for next week, too. It's going to be like a three-hour podcast. Fine. Read, read Arcbond. Read it. All right. Arcbond. Two and a red for an instant. Choose target creature. Whenever that creature is dealt damage this turn, it deals that much damage to each other creature and each player. It's actually not that exciting. The thing is, I thought that this creature said uh, that this card said whenever that creature deals damage this turn, <laughs> that would be cooler. Yeah. So like you have a three three, you attack with it, and then it wipes the board. You know what I mean? Like, oh. you d- that's what I that's what I thought this this card did, and I was like, that's pretty amazing. Well, the thing I like about this though is that like, you know, you could be like really behind, and you just have like one creature, and you start swinging in, and your opponent just thinks, ah, I got you this time, flipping up my my little Ruthie the Ripper, ruthless Ripper, Death Touch, and you're like, oh, okay, I'll arc bond it. And so you arc bond their Ruthless Ripper, and then when it blocks and is dealt damage, 
it deals that much damage, and so it deals the death touch to every uh, other creature and kills the entire board. Wow. Or you could do that with your own Ruthless Ripper. Or with your own Hornet Queen. That too, or a Hornet Queen token even. Or a Hornet Queen token. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wipe the board. Although, I don't know if you want to wipe the board if you have a Hornet Queen. Yeah, you probably, probably not. You probably, probably have not. some board advantage there. I don't know what kind of game state you're in. <laughs> We're like, whoa, we need a board sweeper here. All to... right, fine. Well, well, what was the uh, the Gorgon? <laughs> one of those keepsake Gorgons. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, that one wasn't even Death Touch, was it? Was... I think it might have been. I can't remember. One of them was Death Touch. I think one they of both freaking did. Death Touch Gorgons. But yeah, um, I just want to arc bond a Ruthless Ripper. That's that is funny. I really like that. I hope to God <laughs> you arc bond a ruthless ripper and just wreck someone's life with it. Because it, you don't even have to do it to your own. It could be theirs. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, or just like um the Mardu hate blade or whatever. You get that little like you get that little pop up window in the corner of your game, even if you're playing in paper. If you uh, <laughs> if you do that. Like an achievement unlocked. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like I'm gonna do it even if I'm ahead on board, just to do it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> just wipe your own board. Just everyone. I just want everyone to burn. <laughs> and also, you know, if you're if you're behind and you have like an Abzan guide, I don't know how you're playing this four color monstrosity. I guess you can in limited. Then you gain like just an absurd amount of life. And yeah. And it's that much damage that's dealt. So. Even if it's like a like a like a two two life linker, and it blocks like, oh god, it like blocks like a four four, it deals four damage to each creature and each player. Let's say there's like five or six creatures out there, mm-hmm. so it's like twenty four. You'd gain thirty two life, just blocking with the two two life linker. I don't know. You just could do some cool stuff with this. That's all. All right, so. Next week, we're going to have the full spoiler, I imagine, so we're going to go over as much of it as we can in the uh, the time we have. Um, might be a longer episode than, uh, than usual, and we've kind of been running a little long on these last couple, but whatever. Um, we're going to spoil the dragon's... Be... Uh... Dragon's Tarkir story. Most importantly, <laughs> at the start of the episode, Steven is going to spoil the entire Dragons of Tarkir story. Steven thinks that he has made a connection here. Mm-hmm. Um and gotta follow uh, the money. And I wanna I wanna I wanna hear this. Conspiracy so. <laughs> within a conspiracy. <laughs> We're through the looking glass man. <laughs> I'm I, I have I have I have a theory on what Steven's theory might be. <laughs> and this isn't my theory. I'm just reading this off of pennyarcade.com. This was their comic for the ending for Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, the Great Pyramids of Egypt were first Metal Gears, which released robospores into the Y2K bug. Ronald McDonald, with the help of Cheese Soup, controls America from a secret Volkswagen hidden in the past. 
a coalition of malevolent dentists under the guise of the American Dental Association and acting under the bicuspid protocols devises molar gear Roy. This new gear emits a focused pulse which vastly promotes tooth decay. These scenarios all took place in a VR simulation, which it turns out was just a dream you were having during a VR session designed to capture data about dreaming in VR. I knew it was the bicuspid commission. (laughs) Even when they said it was Oswald, I knew it was the bicuspids. Oh, it wasn't Oswald. He's sleeping. (laughs) All right, that's all we have for this week. We are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching. Start brewing conspiracy theories. With self-defense, leg swipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, throwing dynamite. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so tight. Sag with your jeans was have a mean mug, right? Strike, and what they can't combine. Leroy Jenkins outlined the highest price. Hip-hop, you rep vaguely. I'm consistent, fresh, daily. I maintain the quiet life during open mics. Expectations is too high. Dreams holding it. I've lost friends and loved ones. Couldn't cope with it. Pursue music. Yo MTG Taps is available every bloody Friday forever on legitmtg.com, iwantmymtg.com, mtgcast.com, and iTunes. Email us, yomtgtaps at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr, yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at yomtgtaps. Follow me on Twitter at OMGWTFBHJFTW. Follow Steven on Twitter at M00NPI. Follow Joey on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>